Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Peace in the Middle podcast, a platform that provides clarity, insight, and growth to leaders worldwide through practical application and the Christian faith. My name is Wakia, and I'm your host. So right now I'm sort of on my way to work and it's a beautiful day and it's, and it's, you know, beautiful and it's, um, I'm looking at all the trees and, you know, by the grace of God, traffic is light. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> but you know, I really want to come to you all today really to talk about fear. Um, I don't know, you know, God had really been put on my heart lately about things that prevent us from moving forward, whatever that thing is like. Um, and I, I find that a lot of those things that prevent us from moving forward, obviously, are distractions and, um, you know, distractions are the things. And then I think the, the physically emotion that we're dealing with within, within that distraction is fear. And so I want to talk about that today because I feel like that was something that had been um, not necessarily, I, I don't know if that was been my truth or not, because at first I had to really categorize it as is that what it is, right? I just thought it was more of a of, of valid excuses. Why I haven't did this? <laughs> like a valid excuse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but then when I started to like pull the onion away and started to really dive down into what it was, it sort of all rooted itself um, in something that was, you know, in more fear. So I um, started trying to look into the Bible because, again, you know, I always find that when I need some really solid motivation, instead of turning to like YouTube or even turning to podcasts right initially, the first thing I like to do is try to go to the Word because I feel like um, the Word is my filter of truth. So it is my, it is my authority of record. <laughs> so as it being my authority of record, I try to take everything back to the authority of record. So... Um, one of the things that I, I seen, well, one of the people who, who I really fell in love with um, uh, when I was thinking about fear, and I know most of y'all probably knew where I'm going already, which is Gideon. Gideon actually takes place in Judges 6. Judges 6 and Judges 7 is pretty much where his story is. So really just those two chapters. So I encourage all of you to um, first call of action is go read those two those two books, right? I mean, those, yeah, those two chapters. It's not even a heavy lift. I mean, literally probably less than 10 minutes, if that, right? Um... So yeah, so Judges six and seven. But Gideon talks about it's this, it, it talks about um, Gideon is one of the one of the um, judges in in Israel, whatever. And um, and so at the time, Israel was being overcome by this by this group of people called the Midianites, and they the Midianites, and they were like um, nomads. So they would just like really go around from town from place to place, and they would sort of just squat right they would squat but it was a lot of them jokers it was like two or three of them that you could easily take out it was like lots of them like their army was like 135,000 strong you know what I'm saying so it's like first of all how you how you gonna have a whole a whole a whole city of squatters like I don't even understand what's happening in there but anyway so anyway they were squatters and they would pretty much go around but not only were they just squatters they wasn't like humble squatters they would come around they would bully you so they pretty much came in to Israel and that and their thoughts were well, you know, where Israel wasn't necessarily fighters, right? They were more so like, you know, um, you know, they were more like, you know, um, farmers, you know, so they were a plant and they believe in, you know, planting roots down and sort of staying and, you know, and this is where they going to raise their family. You know, they, they was like, they wasn't trying to do a whole bunch of movement, you know, that they would just come in and sit and, and that's where they was going to be. And so the Midianites sort of came in and they was like, oh, so psh, 
I, we gonna we gonna camp right here because we ain't gotta do no work. I mean, we can eat. We got we got you know um, animals here because you know the Israelites, them jokers doing everything like they good. And because the Israelites at the time weren't necessarily known as as fighters, <laughs> you, know? you know, they they just sort of you know was sort of just going through it at the time, like you know, and literally the Midianites sort of ran over. Um, the Israelites for like seven years. I guess it's like the Lord let them, you know, let them be in that place for seven years of just being ramshot by, by the Mennonites. And so what ended up happening was they started crying out to God, like, God, you know, this is crazy. We need some help. Please send us some help. Lord, where's our deliverer? Where's our deliverer? Lord, you delivered us back in the day. Could you deliver us again? And so as they start crying out, the Lord start hearing they cry. So then the Lord came up on an angel of the lord you know came to gideon at the time gideon um <laughs> gideon wasn't exactly the, the bravest dude <laughs> so gideon was actually in this wine press like this little this like little area like this little you know enclosed area and he was in there actually shaking wheat you know he was actually in there you know you know trying to like separate the wheat from the chaff because he was he was trying to do it in secret because he knew that if the midnight seen that he had wheat they was going to take it from him right and like i said he was more like a lover like not a fighter so he was not trying to start no trouble so he literally he's literally in there you know you know trying to be quiet you know what i'm saying trying to just pull the wheat and stuff like that apart and all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord show up and was like, you know, high, um, you know, um, high, high, high mighty man of valor, you know what I'm saying? And, and Gideon, look at this dude, like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So just imagine if you're like afraid of something and somebody come up on you like, what's up, you know, warrior? What's up, courageous? You know what I'm saying? You look at it like, nah, that's the last guy I am right now is courageous. That's the last guy I am right now is brave. And so... And then, you know, he was like, he was like, you know, the Lord, um, he was like, you know, I'm an angel of the Lord or whatever. He was like, he was like, the Lord, the Lord, where was the Lord at? Where's the Lord been all this time when we've been going through all these problems? Where have the Lord been all these last seven years when these, when, when the Midianites have pretty much just been taking over all our stuff, the Lord, and the Lord has been silent. Don't, don't come in here talking to me about the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wouldn't be mad at me. I, mean, I wouldn't be mad at Gideon. You know what I'm saying? Cause you can just imagine, I'm sure we all have felt that way right where you're going through something crazy and you're feeling like this right here is just there's just literally no end in sight and and you know it's like no matter which way you turn you just can't seem to catch a break and you know you're just you're literally just going through and then somebody comes and say oh you know praise the lord and the lord is this and and you're gonna be like really really where's the lord at where's the lord where's the lord when i lost my job where was the lord where's the lord when i when i couldn't pay my car no or, my, or, or when i got that flat tire and i couldn't then all of a sudden i couldn't replace my tire you know what i'm saying where was the lord at then you know what i'm saying where was the lord at when my baby father walked out the door where was the lord at you know what i'm saying where was the lord you know what i'm saying and so you start feeling some kind of way and then you get angry at the person who's even trying to come encourage you because you like Psh, i can't with you right now like, which is really what we be thinking right as i just can't so back to the story um so at that point you know Gideon is feeling some kind of way he pretty much tells them like no you know um nah I don't you know I remember you know where where's the Lord that that our ancestor says that brought us out of Egypt where's that guy because that's that's the Lord I want you know what I'm saying because obviously he ain't nowhere around you know what I'm saying and so he feels some kind of way but the, the angel of the Lord tells him like no you know the Lord is here he heard y'all and he's now calling you sir to be that guy to help deliver your people out 
And Gideon was like, listen, you done caught, you done caught the wrong cat. I am not the guy. I am the least of these. Like, I am the least of my father's people. I am, my, like, my clan is the smallest. Like, I'm just not that guy. You know what I'm saying? Now, I can show you to the guy, but I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? And so, but yet still in all, the Lord, the angel of the Lord still was like, no, you're totally that guy. Because you got to think about this. And this is something I want to just digress about a, a lot of time is that where people will look at you and call you by your name, God is not going to just call you by, people are going to look at you and they're going to call you by what they see of you today. God is going to look at you and he's going to call you by who he know you to be. Right? So if God looks at you and God calls you a doctor, then you a doctor. Like, you know what I'm saying? If God looks at you and says that you a lawyer, then you are a lawyer. If God looks at you and says that you an RN, then you are an RN. It doesn't really matter what your circumstances says right now. Does that make sense? Like, that's that's pretty much how that, how that works. Because God looks at you and he looks at you and he calls you the potential of what you are. Okay, so let's go back to the story. That's like a little side break. <laughs> and so... But, again, just because somebody said that to you doesn't necessarily mean that you believe it in your heart, though, right? Because mm, it doesn't really matter what you say. It really matters what I say to me is, is what I'm thinking, right? So, literally, the first change that had to happen was Gideon had to realize that he was really this mighty man of valor, that he was brave, that he was courageous. And then he had to believe that God, first of all, first of all, he had to believe that who he was talking to was really a servant of the Lord, that he was really an angel of the Lord. So then he put him through a series of tests. Like, if you really a Lord, I'm gonna put this thing, you know, if you really if, if you are who you really say you are, I'ma go over here and get this 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 blessing for you. I'ma put it here on this rock. If you really the dude, let's see what you're gonna do with it. So that's what he do. He go and get this go 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 hit this go. He does, you know, sac- you know, sets it up for the sacrifice. He puts it on the rock. The angel of the Lord touch it with his staff and boom, fire comes up, consume everything. Bam. Just like that. And getting like, all right, you might be somebody, dude. I'm, I'm gonna stand back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You might be the dude. So at that point, Gideon is still not convinced, though, that he the guy. He's still not really convinced. And this is what I really love about Gideon because Gideon keeps asking God to prove that you're true, though. Because I know you told me to do this. But I don't know because it looks a little crazy right now. Because again, when Midian now starts to show her hair, when Gideon decides he's going to take over these Israelites, I mean, take over these Midianites, their army is 135,000. I think Gideon's army at the time is like 32,000. Like, that's how many people he can round up. First of all, first of all, that's how many people he, 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 he round up that said they was brave enough to do it. And then when they get halfway there, Gideon is like, listen, if y'all afraid, y'all can sort of turn back. Y'all ain't got to stay. You know, if y'all, if y'all afraid, y'all can turn back. I think it was like 22,000 of them jokers left. Like, listen, listen, people. Like, <laughs> I was like, they, they didn't even stay with the dude. Like, they was like, uh-uh, they're not going to stay. And then God came back to Gideon and said, even though you got those, those people remaining, that's still too many people. Like, that's still way too many people for this. And, and literally, Gideon is looking at this dude like, are you serious right now? Like, this army is still 135,000 strong. And I'm down to like, I don't know, however many people he was down to at that time. And God told Gideon, like, no, we're going to reduce it some more. Because if we don't reduce it, if I don't make it look like it's a hopeless situation for you, then you're not, you're going to think that y'all, you, if I, if I have Israel going in with those people, that number of people and going in and trying to fight that army, they're going to think that they did it. They're not going to give me the credit for doing it. And what, what I want Israel to see is that I am God. And I will get the credit for delivering you out of this situation. Because it's going to look impossible. You're going to look like you can't do it. But I'm still going to do it for you anyway. 
you know, and so at that point, Gideon's like, listen, I don't know what to tell you, Lord. You still, you, it's, this is still sounding a little crazy because it's sounding more and more crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so then Gideon challenges him again. I'm like, mm, if you really God, I'm going to put this wool down here on the ground. And I want, if you really God, let wool, let this, let the front, the top part of the wool be covered in dew. And the bottom part of it not. You know what I'm saying? And sure enough, when he got the next day, that's how it was. It was so much water, it said he actually wrung it out, and it was like a bowl full of water on the on the top of that thing. And then Gideon said, well, Lord, you know what? I get that. I don't know how that happened, but I, that might be a fluke. So I'm just going to check you out one more time before I make this thing happen. Um, how about this time? I want you to make the wool dry, and the rest of the ground be covered in dew. Boom. Sure enough, that's exactly how it was. That wool was dry, and y'all know that that's crazy anyway. Because you know, if you wake up in the morning and you go out there and it's like dew on the grass, it's sort of crazy to think that your that the thing that's laying on the grass that is covered in dew would be dry. But that's exactly what happened. And even then, Gideon was still like, because mm. at this point now, God has reduced his men down to three hundred people. Three hundred people to take over one hundred and thirty-five thousand folks who are already routing. Like these are just you know, the thugs are the thugs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what they do for a living. Like, they, they thugs, they women thugs, the children thugs, the animals thugs, like everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody just rowdy. So, he was like, so, you know, what you want me to do is go and, you know, with these 300 folks, go up against 135,000 men. And God is like, yes, that's what I want you to do. So he says, and, he, and he, God, God says, I tell you what, I know you're still afraid. I get it. So I want you, and I want you to take your boy, and y'all go down to, y'all go down and just sort of um, scope out the 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 Midianite camp. Just go and scope it out. So they go down there, and they sort of sit around the skirts, go around and sort of just listen, and they sort of hear these two dudes talking, and a dude is telling his friend about a dream he had. Well, anyway, the dude tells the story about the dream, and what it really turns out, when his friend interprets the dream, what well, he says, he's, he's, he's like, oh, that what that what, what that dream is saying is surely um, we will be de- we will be delivered into uh, Gideon's hands. And he was like, he said, he said, because you know he's you know his God his his God is strong and mighty, and he's going to deliver us into Gideon's hands. So when Gideon hears the dude interprets his friend's dream, when he overhears the dude interprets his friend's dream, and they call out his name like, oh yeah, this is the guy. At this point, the first thing Gideon do is drop down. He worships God because he is just so so grateful that God, you know, um, that God has truly cleared a path for him. And that, and that it's, 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 this, this thing is real. And he is just so grateful and he is just so overwhelmed that he just right there, right there, and just start worshiping God. Just drop down and start worshiping God. You know, because he's just so overwhelmed with just knowing that God um, is so trustworthy and that he's so trustworthy that even your enemies are afraid. And they don't even understand yet why they really should be afraid. You know what I'm saying? So sure enough, Gideon get his people. They go around. They go to the. He tell them to start. He tell them to surround the camp, and blow these trumpets. And he says we gonna blow these trumpets and we gonna scream out loud for the Lord. You know I think for the sword of the Lord, and for Gideon. 
you know what I'm saying? And that's exactly what they do. They surround the camp. They blow their trumpets. They scream this thing out. They blow their trumpets. They scream this thing out. And the, and the camps and the people in the camps um, or the, the men's army, um, you know, the, the army or whatever, just start breaking up. They start running. They start running. They just start fleeing because of the fact that, you know, they're afraid. They think that it's a whole bunch of people there, not realizing that they are really being defeated at this point by 300 men. Right? So the thing about that story, and I know I initially had to talk about fear, but the thing about that story I think is so profound to me is how we overcome our fear. Um, well, you know, how Gideon overcome, overcame his fear, um, but it wasn't like instantaneously. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like he just popped up one day, the angel showed up as like mighty man of valular, and he was like, yep, that's me, I'm good, I'm going forth. No, he was like, Mm-mm, nope, <laughs> I'm not that guy. Because he still could see his real situation. Like, his his real truth was still sitting in front of him. What he perceived to be true about his reality was still sitting right in front of him. He could not yet see or receive what God had said to him. And so, what I really love about Gideon is that Gideon was afraid, but not afraid, right? Because he was afraid in regards to doing what he had to do. But he not he was not afraid when he realized that God really had his back. Like once God, if when Gideon was thinking about his own strength, he was totally terrified. Like he knew he didn't have it in him. But when he started understanding what God's strength was, then at that point he totally was not afraid. And I think that's the thing, right? So I say a lot of times God asks us to do stuff and we be so busy looking at what we got going on and the things that's happening in our life and all these very valid excuses why we're not moving. <laughs> totally valid. Let me just say that again. Totally valid excuses why we're not moving. Um, but what it really boils down to is just that it's just fear. Like, we're just afraid to take that risk. We're afraid to move to the left. We're afraid to move to the right. We're afraid to... Um, go after that next job we're afraid to go talk to that person about that particular business that 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 particular business opportunity we're afraid to go and you know call out call the person who we we've had an issue with and try to reconcile we you know reconcile we, we're just afraid you know what I'm saying? when it really boils down to it it's like all this fear it's that it could be a fear of rejection it could be a fear of of um you know just not feel like you're not good enough you know it's just all these different things that can sort of pop up in your mind that can prevent you from taking that next step but in essence what the what the root of it is but that what, what it really boils down to is fear that we're just afraid of the pain that's going to happen on the back side of that and what I find to be true for me is it's not even a physical pain because I'm an adult now. So I'm not really worried about going to school and somebody jumping me like that ain't a thing. You know, <laughs> I be, you know, you more so be worried about just the, that rejection. Like that rejection is huge. Like it's huge. Because, you know, after a while you're like, listen, I don't need all this stress in my life. I'm good. <laughs> like I don't have to go out here and go through all this foolishness, you know. And, and it's just something about... Um, doing it and trying to do it afraid anyway, right? So on this day, what I challenge you ladies to do is to really think about that thing that God has told you to do that in truth you've really been afraid about. So I would say first, stop and pray and let God really um, administer to your heart again about how, and ask some questions like, Lord, how do you want me to do this? And do like Gideon did, like, Lord, if this is something you really want me to do, I'm going to need you to give me some kind of signs because I'm not sure because this is looking a little nuts. Like, I'm serious. Like, it's really looking nuts, you know. But the thing about God is if he did it for Gideon, he could do it for you. Because there was nothing about Gideon that was any braver than I was or you were. You know what I'm saying? There was nothing. He wasn't brave. Like, let's just face it. He wasn't brave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
did Joker, you remember we found him in a wine press? <laughs> he like, really? He wasn't brave. So, I'm just like, you know, with that being said, I would, I would challenge you to actually go out here and, and just really pick just like one thing. Like one thing that you really want, that you feel like God has really told you to do. And I would say, pray about it. And I would say, put God to the test and ask him, hey, if this is really what you want me to do, I need you to give me a sign. But once he give you that sign, you need to move. Like, cause then you gotta do your part. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing just happens from osmosis. We all have responsibilities in this game too. So I would say, try that. And I would say, you know, let's, let's try God. Let's try God first. Let's let, let him not be the last resort all the time. Let's let him be the first result. And we try him first. And we just see what he said. Because you know, the thing about it is, is God had a plan for Gideon. Like he could have chose anybody else amongst those Israelites to do this thing but who he chose was Gideon down and so you know I don't know why he chose him because you know hey I don't want to have to do you know how nobody really wants to deal with a person who I got to constantly convince you to do the right thing like seriously do I got to constantly convince you though just do what I say <laughs> you know but he chose somebody who he knew up front would do it but would do it extremely afraid you know, and so I would challenge you all to pick something, pray on it, ask God to show you, and then take a step. And if you have to do that every step of the way, eventually God will, will no longer have to keep showing you things over and over and over again. Right? He won't have to keep showing you things over and over again because eventually you would get it. It would just make sense to you. And he would tell you to do something and you would be able to take that step. Now, if some of you all are out there and you're not sure what God is telling you to do and you're not sure, you just, you know, you you, you have more question marks in your in your life when it comes out to your purpose and your and God's plan for your life than you do um, worrying about <laughs> being afraid to do anything. You don't even know what he's telling you to do. So if that's where you are today, what I would challenge you to do is give me a call. Um my number is there or you can go to uh, waterwalkers.net and just click the link for contact me and I will set up a coaching session with you and we would do an initial session and that initial one is free and even you will see in that initial session that you will start to have some breakthroughs um, and, and things that you want to do and things that you want to do and you things that you want to do and the things that God has called you to do so what I would say for you to do is if that's where you are in your life um, start there and we're going to walk it out all right, my sisters, I love y'all so much. I pray that y'all have a blessed day. I pray that you find peace in the middle of your situation. I, I pray that you have quiet and you have an unspeakable joy. Until next time, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.